You've come to the right place. If you're a course creator looking to build more impact, income, and freedom, LMSCast is the number one podcast for course creators just like you. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of the most powerful tool for building, selling, and protecting engaging online courses called Lifter LMS. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name's Chris Badgett and I'm joined by a special guest, Justin Wise from thinkdigital.co. He's a marketer, he's a trainer, he's a content creator, and he's also a course creator. And I wanted to get into his story, but also to kind of kick it off, first let me welcome you to the show, Justin. Hey, Chris. Last time we saw each other, we were uh soaking up the rays on the beach yeah it was a slightly different uh setting (laughs) yeah i'm actually on the coast of maine where do you live oh yeah the the thriving metropolis of des moines iowa that's right that's right cool yeah it's a long way from cabo mexico (laughs) um so one of the things i loved getting to know you about was just your experience as a marketer and your, your experience with facebook ads but As a marketer myself, I'm really busy and I appreciate a good structure and rubric when I see one. And that was one of the first things I learned about you is you have a marketing structure that you follow that has stood the test of time for you. Can you lay it on the course creators out there so that hopefully it can help them relax, be a little bit more efficient and know what to do next? Yeah, it is. It's really simple. I'm glad you pointed that out because, you know, I've been in digital marketing really since 2007, professionally anyway. And that, you know, makes me, I feel like a grandpa of the digital marketing generation because, you know, that's 11 years ago now. Yeah. Anything over 10 years is like a century on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) And the truth is like, we've had so much, you know, there's just been so much that has happened in this field in those 11 years you know, maybe more depending on when people listen to this, that we, everything that hasn't worked has just melted away. Um, so the marketing structure we use is not very sexy in the sense that, you know, it doesn't have like 50 different levers. It doesn't have like, you know, a hundred different tactics. It's not a, you know, 97 point checklist. It's four things. It's four components. Uh, And if you think of a triangle or a pyramid, that's how we look at it. And the bottom layer of that pyramid is purpose. What's your purpose? Like, why are you doing what you're doing? Like, why are you in business? Why are you making this course? Yeah, I mean, that's one half of it. So it's really twofold. And this has kind of evolved um, the purpose component anyway. It's it has to first and foremost start with you in this case as a course creator. Why am I doing this? What is exciting about this? What is my purpose in investing the time, energy, attention into creating this material? Because if the purpose component isn't there, you will lose interest. You will lose drive. You will lose passion. And all of that hard work you do will be for naught. And I know this because I have created more, there are more courses in our digital graveyard 
than most people ever create in their entire lives. And the ones that didn't make it weren't formed on purpose, my purpose as a business owner. Because, yeah, the other component is what purpose is the serving in the marketplace, right? So like why what, would job, some, what job needs to be done here? Like, why is this important to somebody? Yeah, yeah, totally. Why would someone take this? What's the purpose? Why, what, what do they hope to achieve out of it? What, what are they going to get out of it? But I think a lot of people focus on that aspect, and it's a good place to focus. It's a good question to ask. But they don't take it into account. They don't count the cost of being the driver, being the, 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 the spark, the energy. And that energy comes from really knowing what your purpose is as a, as a human being, as a person. And then, you know, depending on where you're at, that same sense of purpose also translates into um, your company if you're big enough. So what's the purpose of the company? And almost always the founder's purpose somehow makes its way into the company's purpose. So that for us is foundational. It's pivotal if you don't have the purpose question answered, everything else is, t- is 10 times more difficult. I like that. And I like the two faces of it, that it's the inner game or, you know, the personal thing, but also the mirror reflection of why would this inspire somebody else? Like how does it help them with their purpose and, and get them rolling? It reminds yeah. me of the start with why Simon Sinek start with why, like that's when I saw that video when it, the Ted talk, whenever it was a long time ago, I was like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, the why is like fundamental to everything. The people don't buy what we do, they buy why we do it. He would say, and I, I believe I believe that to be true too, based on my experience. Yeah, I mean this 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 marketing structure, it's like there's nothing new under the sun. We bar- borrow heavily and are influenced heavily by people like Simon. Mm-hmm. Um, whose message As it should be stand on the shoulders of what's already working. The power of his message is the simplicity of his message. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, it, it's so doggone simple. It really is. I mean, he draws three concentric circles. And yeah. <laughs> it's he's it. made a million bucks, you know, drawing awesome. concentric circles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, uh, this is just a small, we're going on a small tangent here, but I got this book called The, uh, the Decision Book. And this is a book full of like, full of like things like diagrams that have like three concentric circles. It's basically the playbook that like big consulting companies use to create like valuable insights. And when you read this book and get all these different ways, you, you know, we're all familiar with the Venn diagram and like these axis E's and stuff like that. But an idea explained simply and visually is like extremely powerful <laughs> if it's true. Uh, so just throwing that out there. Well, what's number two after purpose? What else is in that, that that's essential in marketing structure? After purpose, then you look at persona. Yeah. And all these, by the way, for the people keeping track at home, all these start with P, the letter P. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so <laughs> persona is obviously marketing one-on-one uh, before you can even get to the sexy fun part of marketing, which is, you know, selling in my opinion. And we don't need to go into the discussion of what's the difference between marketing and sales, but you know, you have to know who it is that you're aiming the purpose at. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people pay lip service to persona 
Or avatars is another name for it. Yeah, yeah. or avatars, or you know, you call them a hundred different things. But Customer story. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all that good stuff, all the jargon. But basically, it's hey, when you sit down and you think about your purpose, who are you impacting with your purpose? Who is that focused on? And for us, it it's a person that comes with a first name and a last name. It's not some, you know, uh, made up person. It's an actual human being that you can see and preferably that you know, and that you can really think to yourself, what would a conversation with this person sound like? Yeah. Um, and so for us doing the hard work of distilling down your purpose and then understanding who it is that you're targeting, you know, those are foundational principles period in marketing. Yeah. It's easy to make the mistake that our students or learners that we're targeting targeting are just like us, but they're not. I just got back from another conference where that we were sponsoring and some of our, our users were there. And I, I'm always, I, I love meeting them in person, like getting out of the building and meeting them in person and just realizing how different they are. They're not like, it's easy. We, we, sometimes I've heard the saying, we see the world as we are, not as it is. So if you can really like get past that and really like realize the differences out there, there's a lot of differences out there. Like not everybody's like you. You know, what's interesting though, to piggyback off that is um, what I've found to be true in working with at this point, hundreds of course creators, hundreds of entrepreneurs, hundreds of, of digital professionals maybe even thousands at this point. I don't know. You know, people are, what I have found is like, let's take course creators, for instance. I love course creators because, and I started out as a course creator. And what I found myself doing was creating a course that I wish I had when I started. Scratch your own itch. It's the classic, uh, it's a classic like, well, which course should I build? Well, build the one that you wish you had, whatever. Yeah. Yes. And I don't, I mean, that's certainly not the case for everyone. But I think a lot of people listening, you know, if they if they are having issues or trouble or they're confused about who that ideal persona is, it usually stands to reason that if you take a really hard look and you look at what you what you naturally gravitate towards in your course or what type of material you you like to to teach or instruct, it's almost always that you're doing that very thing that you said, which was scratching your own itch and, and wishing, wishing that you had this material when you first started out doing whatever it is that you're doing now. Yeah. Um, so that's persona. Like I said, really basic, really simple, but simple gets executed. So purpose, persona. And then we have the layer that everybody in the world wants to get to. And that's process. Okay. So process. Like tactics or is, what yes. is process? Yes. Yeah. Processes, tactics. Everybody wants to start with tactics and it is the last place to start. It's the last place to go to because tactics, you know, tactics can't answer the purpose question. Tactics can't answer the persona question. Those and those two elements need to be in place for you to be as effective as you can be in the long term. Um, so the process though is super important, right? Like the process for us without going into the nuts and bolts of it, the process for us is how you reach the persona with your purpose. What needs to be in place? And for pretty much anyone listening, the basics are going to be something like 
you know, manufacture attention, generate attention, either through organic content or paid content. You move people into a landing page with either some sort of lead magnet or bait offer. You move people into a CTA call to action situation where you're putting the offer in front of them. And for those who don't buy, you're moving them into a nurture sequence of some sort. That's as basic as it gets. And then lining up the tools and, and, and systems that you need to execute those different levels. Very simple. Is there another P or is that the framework right there? That Well, the last one is product. Okay. So what is that? Product is basically what you sell. So product for people listening, most, most people listening to this podcast is going to be their course. Um, and, you know, there's, there's ways to go about putting your product together. But the thing of it is, and this, this is where we borrowed from Simon, is like the product is the thing that everybody sees. Yeah. But is actually the least important in that structure. Because, hey, if you have your purpose down and you know who you're going after and you've got a rock solid process, I don't want to say the product's a formality at this point, but it's, uh, and it's not a foregone conclusion that people will buy. Yeah. But if you do those three elements really well, you know, like for us anyway, we don't create a course until we know people are going to buy it. So we'll go through those three first layers and we won't even create the, pr- the product. Yeah. This is, you know, uh, this, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this follow this methodology, but I'm not going to take the time. It's a lot of time to create a course. It's not validated. It yeah. is not validated. I'm not going to spend the energy to do that unless I know people are going to buy it. And the That's thing of it is. a classic course creator mistake to, you know, build it without doing that other stuff. <clears throat> yes. And you have to learn this lesson sometimes the hard way. Most people do in my experience. (laughs) I'm just sharing because I see it. I have optics into the industry and I see it happen over and over and over again. But like everyone listening to this, you should never create a course unless someone has purchased it from you already. Yeah. How how about that for a nugget? (laughs) That's good. Well, let me... uh... I want to get in, come back to validating because we, we have, I have some questions around that specifically before we get into that. Um, this just to give an insight into the course creator community that I use when I'm talking to somebody to figure out their strengths and weaknesses. The challenge to the course creator is they're very busy. They're sharp. They've got a lot going on. They have to be five people at once or what I call they, they have to wear five hats and the unicorn that can do all these doesn't really exist. So they have to build a team or they have to actively develop skills. Those five hats are, you have to be an expert at something. You have to be a teacher. You have to be a community builder. So that's like building an email list before the sale and building community after, after the sale for social learning. Then the fourth one is you have to be a technologist. I mean, you got to have websites and do these, you got to do stuff on the internet. And then the, the fit you you got hardware and microphones and cameras and all this stuff and then the fifth one is you have to be an entrepreneur which includes marketing skills mm-hmm. so the and the, depending upon who you're talking to they might be if they're if they're jumping straight to product and they're skipping purpose persona and process they're 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 lacking basic entrepreneur skills yes and that's okay but that's 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 one of the course creator archetypes or if somebody has all entrepreneur skills, 
but they're not really, they don't really have their expert or their niche figured out, or they don't know what they're passionate about. They're missing like expert skills or they don't know how to teach or whatever. It's, there's all these different levers of, of like, what are you good at? What are you not so good at? But going back to your question, I, I use that framework. That's one of my frameworks that I use to just help people get better results by understanding where they're at on those different levels. Mm, that's if we so are, are going to validate our course, how do we do that? I had a question for you about using Facebook ads for validation versus scaling. I don't know if that's relevant to where we are right now, but how um, would you, how would you validate? Oh man. I mean, I'll tell you how we validated every single course. Yeah. This is why we have a graveyard, a boneyard. And you, you, you did it. So you have to let things not work out. Yes, 100%. And most won't. Most will not work. And, you know, what bums me out is course creators think, well, gosh, I'm lousy. No one wanted this or no one bought it. No one validated this offer. And I'll get to the practicality side of how to validate here in a second. But I just want to paint a picture here that, like, especially now, this wasn't so hard back in 2012 or 2013 when I launched my first course which was just five years ago. Because there wasn't as much competition or what? Yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't, there wasn't as, much, as many people doing this type of stuff. Yeah, there was a lot of people that were getting interested and activated in the market. But in terms of completed courses, uh, it was not as mature as it is now. It was still yeah. in its infancy. Um, this was back you know, when Copyblogger was still writing about blogging, for instance. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so, so in a lot of ways, the market has, has matured quite a bit, but I just want people who, who, who are out there listening to not get frustrated is to say, you know, it's normal for an idea not to pop. That's normal. <laughs> you know, it, like I think of this in terms of like a VC firm or something, you know, the VC firms, they'll, they'll, they'll invest in 10 companies eight of them will go belly up. One will be a moderate hit and the last one will be a complete out of the park grand slam that makes up for all those other losses. Yeah. And courses, I don't know if, if, if it's 10, I don't know if that's the magic number, but I feel like courses are this exact same way where you have to be able to say the materials here, no one's thinking to themselves like, Oh, I got to, I don't want people to think, oh, I have to go learn all this new stuff. Whatever your skill set is, whatever your you know, topic of expertise is, that is set. But coming up with how to package that and present it to the market in a way that the market responds, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, and how you're going to bundle that. Those, are, those different variations are going to, most of them are not going to work. <laughs> And to your VC example, I mean, those businesses that get funded have contact with reality. It's they get outside just the office of the people that work at the company. Like they're literally, if they are struggling, they're doing that out in the real world or if they're succeeding, they're, uh, they're shipping and they're, they're working on it, seeing if they can make tweaks to make it work. So you had asked what, what in terms of validating, like the, I want to make sure I say this. Because a lot of times we'll press people on this, and these are this is way before people become clients. In fact, this is how we vet a lot of our clients. 
is we will is we will ask some variation of this question. Hey, do you have a validated product? And they'll say something like they'll they'll squirt around this. And so when I get someone who squirms around it, I know this this is probably not a good fit. Yeah, they'll if say, I say like, well, I've been doing this thing for thirty years, I'm not answering your question. I know you're yes. passionate about it, but is it validated? Is it validated? Yeah. And validation is very very simple. It's a very easy test. Have people giving you a credit card for this product. Yeah. Have they said, here's my money. I want that thing that you're making. Here's my money. That means it's validated. Not, hey, someone said, I think this is a really good idea. Someone said that they would be willing to buy this. Someone said, oh, hey, you know, that content sounds really amazing. That is not validation. Validation is a, a prospect says, here's my credit card. Here's my debit card. Here's a check. Here's a money order. Here's cash. Now give me the course. And just another rabbit hole I want to mention is validation is not talking to your spouse or your friends or yes. other people who are in the same industry as you in a Facebook group. Like, hey, what do you think about this? It's the real target market that you have to even know who they are, the personas. Yes. That is so important. There are so many people who, 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 who use that, that soft language of, well, so-and-so said it would be a good idea, or this industry expert said such and such and this thing. Do not care about any of that. It will save you so much heartache for you to say something like, and this is exactly how we launch courses. And by the way, we have no, by no means uh, perfected this. I had a course uh, seven months ago I wanted to do, and I did more than I usually do for this to get it ready. We launched it to our list, and it was absolute crickets. Nothing. It was probably the offer I was most, I've been most excited about since I started the company. and had zero, okay, no one. <laughs> no validation. Yeah. No validation. Literally no one bought it. Not one single person. Yeah. And that is, obviously that's crushing to my ego. <laughs> right. But, but you're honest. The There's a moment of honesty there. Right? It's total honesty. And that's what I want. Because the cost was a little bit of my time. The cost was... I sent an email email series out to the list and that was about it. And a little wounded, bruised ego. That was the cost. Were you, how were you validating? Were you asking for people to hit reply or sending them to an order form or what were like describing the offer in the email or do you have a landing page? What did it look like? We do it. We've done it a number of different ways. Um, the way that we've, that we've done it for the most part up until just a few months ago was basically send people directly to an order form. Yeah. And do a lot of the, the legwork through a nurture sequence of, you know, describing the, the course, describing the product. The offer. The, yeah, describing the offer. Most times we wouldn't even put up a landing page. Yeah. If we did put up a landing page, it would be a Google Doc form or a Google Doc. It would be a, a document. Yeah. Um, and in that document would be a link to an order form. That order form, we would wait for people to buy. It was... Yeah. If people bought, then it, we took them to a thank you page that said, hey, and we said this, by the way, in the email nurture sequences as well, but we would say, 
hey, thanks for buying. This won't be ready for another two months. You know, so we set it in the in the emails leading up to the purchase and we reaffirm that after. Yeah. Because guess what we do in those two months or whatever it is, one month. Guess what we're doing? We're building the course. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And this isn't like some people sometimes people hear that and they think like, oh, that's shady or that's not how I do business. Listen, like get over yourself. That's how it should be done. That's how you respect your market. It's how you respect yourself. It's how you respect your expertise. It's how you respect your time. And if you don't have a list, like let's say if we put our community builder hat on and we, we haven't been building an email list from day one or whatever, we can, all, we can still validate by knowing who our persona is and running a face, doing a Facebook campaign with maybe yes. a little mini nurture sequence that links to an order form, right? hundred percent. And I, I love that you brought that up because I don't want people weaseling out of this with excuses. <laughs> you can't escape validation. I want to just throw another excuse before I forget about it. I hear, unfortunately, a lot of course creators in the very beginning, they haven't validated and they're asking questions about how to build up an affiliate army or a bunch of affiliates <laughs> to sell my course. But if you think about how affiliate marketing works, you don't want to do all this work to get affiliates to, you know, join your program and tie their brand to your reputation on an offer that's not validated. Like affiliate marketing is a scaling strategy. It's not a starting strategy. I just yes. want to throw that out there. So yeah, hundred percent. It is so it is putting the cart so far before the horse Yeah, that you, you know, any affiliate worth their salt is going to say, and they're going to ask the same thing. How much, what are your sales? How many people are buying? What's the price point? How much percentage you're going to give me? That is a growth strat. That, that is an acceleration strategy. That is not a growth strategy. Yeah. I just want to throw this just short story out there. When we first launched our course building software, Lifter LMS, we're a web development company. But this product, the original landing page, we built with lead pages. We didn't spend a bunch of time building a custom page, custom check. It was very simple. Yes. And quick to put together. And our, we were starting with not a big email list. And our initial launch, we had 42 customers, which validated it off a totally. small list. So these don't have to be like, validation doesn't mean like quit your job time. It's just like, is there a signal here or is this just noise or am I just a hero in my own mind and other people aren't interested in this offer? Yeah, man, that's so good. Like validation, it doesn't have to be these astronomical numbers. If you get 10 buyers, okay, if you get 10 people on this planet saying, I will give you money right now for what it is that you're offering. Congratulations. You have a validated offer. There's no magic number either. I mean, you know, if you want to get real strict about it, it's like more than one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and of one is better than zero. Yeah. And crickets is real. Like there's a lot of people that end up getting zero, um, you know, zero conversions on their offer. It, it happens. Yes. And not to be ashamed of that. Yeah. That's a learning that, moment. It's totally learning. It's part of the process. Um, it happens to the best people on the planet who do this day in, day out you come up with goose eggs, but you know, I would rather you come up blank before you actually do all the hard work 
than what most people do is they do all the hard work. They try and validate and then they get desperate. Yeah. So this is why I'm convinced you see people like racing to the bottom for the, the price on their course. I think a lot of courses are horrendously underpriced. Yeah. Especially if they include course plus coaching. Like if there's like an active element, like that's your time is not cheap or even if it's group coaching or whatever. Disaster. Yeah. The point I'm getting at, man, is like, I think there's just so many smart, amazing people on this planet. People listen to this podcast, right? Who know they've got an expertise in one or let's say various areas and they could live the life and build the business that they want, but they're just, their elements are out of order. Um, and if they could get those elements in the right order, it's not that they don't know what they're talking about. It's not even that people don't want what they have. It's that the elements aren't in the right order. They're not in the right place. Yeah. Or they're not focused on the right persona or whatever. There's a, there's, that's a, that's a really good point. I wanted to ask you a little bit about your course creator story in terms of, uh, an expert can have like done for you services and they can have do it yourself training products. And sometimes you offer both or, you know, let's, if somebody can't afford your awesome services, then maybe you um, send them to your training and they can go, they can afford the do it yourself route or, or whatever. Yeah. Like what has been your just general experience as an expert of your, in your own right in done for you services productized services which is kind of in the middle and then like do it yourself training like can you just speak to that a little bit like how you because you live in all the worlds as an expert so what how's it been for you oh man (laughs) how much time do we have yeah well you said you can't you started on the internet in 2007 is that what you said yeah more or less yeah (laughs) so um let me just tell you from experience kind of like how we got started and where things went and where things are now yeah so for us i started and launched when i say us there really was no us at the time it was me yeah uh and i was like man i know a ton about digital marketing um so and i'd been fortunate enough to meet up with some you know heavy hitters in the space and be able to do some work with them and da 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 So I was like, I need to get this out to the masses. Um, And so I launched the course, our first course ever, and learned every mistake you can make. I'm not going to go into all of them, but long story short, signed up 90 or what was it? A hundred new students within 90 days. It's awesome. At 80 bucks a month. Okay. Recurring revenue. That's a good thing. Recurring revenue. And you know, this was my first, this is my first effort. Okay. Never done anything like it before in terms of selling a course. This is my first course and it went off really, really well. Did it have a coaching piece? Like how are you getting the recurring value? Like what was, or was it a payment plan or what was it? It was a payment plan. Yeah. So people could do, you know, a one-time buy or most, most everybody, I think it was like 90% picked the um, payment plan. And so we spaced it out over 12 months. And so it gave me a year of recurring revenue. Yeah. Um, and, you know, 
keeping up. I did not realize, you know, keeping track of those payments and all that kind of stuff. What a nightmare <laughs> that would that was that was going to turn into. <laughs> yeah, but you know, at the time I was working at a, a much different job and earning much less money per year. And I was like, we had just had my first uh, baby. We just had our first kid. And I was like, man, I got to do something different. So we launched it and people started going through the course and then they're like, Hey, this is really great, but we don't want to, I don't want to actually do this. <laughs> I don't want to do this. It's too hard. Yeah. And so, Hey, Justin, will you just do it for us? And so out of that, that's where our agency started. Yeah. It's very it's, common. Like in a training scenario, I've seen it where like you teach somebody something they're like, Oh wow, there's a lot here. I don't have time for that. I need that. Can you just do it for me? That's a very common behavior that experts are on the other side of when they start teaching. Yes. Yeah. Same same route. Yeah. So uh, you know, we went into that, and I kind of wish that um, we hadn't, or we've at least kept up the course side of things because now we're moving back into that space. But the course landscape has changed so much that we're actually. Um, the way we're addressing courses is, is totally different now. And what we're focusing on is the done with you side of things. Yeah. And this is where I think there's a ton of opportunity for people listening where, you know, the online course market to some degree, at least you're not going to find very many courses where you can do what we did back in 2013 anymore. Right. They just, they just don't, those opportunities don't exist any longer. There's a lot more competition. Totally. Yeah. There's more competition. And what we found just in our own experience, and this I think has has gotten worse, is that people would buy, but they never complete. Yep. 10% completion rates are the standard in the industry. And I just, I am not okay with that. Yeah. Um, And there are some people out there who are, who are fine with that, but I'm not one of them. So I think the course model can still work. Uh, I'll get, if, if we have time, I'll get into that. But I, I think what's more exciting to me right now is the done with you side of things where, you know, you're not going to one extreme where you're saying, Hey, I'm going to vend myself out just buy my material. Right. You know, cause that comes at a cost, um, my time. Yeah. And so the thing that we're really excited about right now is, um, is getting people into a workshop environment where, We'll take, let's say, two days and we'll spend online, virtually, spend two days with people and basically go through all of the material that we would have gone through in a course, but go through that live and in person, so to speak, leave time for question and answers, and then also give people work time to do the actual stuff that they need to do to make the investment worthwhile. That is a format that we're really excited about that we're seeing a lot of results. Most, most importantly, a lot of our students are seeing results yep. because they're getting the stuff done. Yeah. And there's time for implementation and there's support because it's, it's the with done with, yes. like it's not done alone in like inside of a membership login somewhere with some videos. Like there's more yes. to it than that. Yeah. And I think people are actually getting, I mean, this is all anecdotal. I have no statistics to back this up, but my sense is that like where you used to have, <clears throat> it used to be where, like for us anyway, we we would advertise like, we'd market it like, you know, uh, 30 plus hours of content. Yeah, and, it's not anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, 50 plus resources 
And it's like videos, audios, transcripts. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's a deterrent now. Right. It actually repels people because no, who has the time? Nobody has that time. Yep. So, so I think, you know, for us anyway, uh, that's the format that's working really well, but the course side of things still really still works well. The way we use courses right now is to basically teach like a component. Yep. Ah, skill. <laughs> Micro learning. Micro learning. Yeah. And those those people then become they become paid leads. Where we can market some of our more in-depth trainings, coaching, consulting, whatever. Um, and I can still sleep at night knowing that, hey, I'm not selling something that I don't believe in. Yeah. Um, so I know that's that's a lot, but that's basically what our ecosystem looks like right now. That is awesome. Well, before we go, I, kn- I know you're a Facebook ads expert. So I was hoping we could do a lightning round. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. You only get 20 to 30 seconds per answer. And I'm going to see if I can mine as much value as I can out of you about Facebook ads. Cause course creators, let's say you're, they're validated. They're looking to scale with Facebook. Um, so I'm just going to get into it. What, it. <laughs> what is the minimum ad spend per month if you, if you seriously want to do Facebook ads? Uh, I would say take what you're willing to spend to acquire a client, multiply it times four, and that's your acquisition cost. Then you can multiply how many people you want to, to get. So what I mean is, let's say your course is $100 and you're willing to spend $25 to make a $100 purchase or acquisition, then you would say, okay, uh, what is four times 25? That's a hundred. I'd spend a hundred dollars per day. Gotcha. That's awesome. Yeah. What is the today as of this recording, we're in November, 2018. What is the ideal text length of copy in the ad? Uh, we're right now, like there's not a single ad that we write that's less than 200 words. That's awesome. What are some tips on the image to pair with the ad? Image is the most important element of capturing attention. So, you know, uh, we really like to play around. I learned this tip tip from a guy, uh, Nick Kuzmich, who's like the godfather of Facebook ads, bump up your contrast on your images, bump up your saturation. Um, you know, don't be afraid to pick weird images and you have to just have discernment on what weird means to you in your market. Yeah. Um, you don't want to go into Blandville, but you also don't want to go into Spamville. Yeah. Um, uh, we take saturation completely out. So black and white monochrome, um, and static image with a static or static image with copy outperforms 95% of any other ad that you're going to put out there. Excellent. What is the ideal, let's say we're a course creator and we've got a validated offer. Where should we actually put the link in the ad to go to? Like what type of page are we going to the course description? Are we going to the checkout? Are we going to some kind of lead magnet to get an opt-in and nurture them? Where should we send the people from Facebook? I would not sell a course directly off of Facebook. I would send people 
lead gen, I would do lead gen and I would make a presentation of the course after people opt into my list. So you have a really good lead magnet, people opt into the lead magnet, the thank you page is the offer to your course. I would not sell directly off Facebook. Top tips for a good Facebook ad headline. Uh, how you can blame, how you can X, how to X so you can Y without Z. <laughs> wow, you had that one ready. That is awesome. <laughs> this, see, this is what I love about frameworks is, um, and I think we, you made it through the lightning round. Congratulations. That was like, <laughs> so my job was to mine the most value as possible as I can out of you. Uh, for the course creator. And that's a lot of hard one, just time in the trenches, Facebook uh, and paid advertising and marketing and conversion experience just bundled up into some questions. So you that's listening, hit rewind, watch and listen to that part again, watch it and write it down. Um, those are some nuggets of wisdom in there. Um, Justin, I want to thank you for coming. He said, <laughs> thinkdigital.co so justin yep. wise at thinkdigital.co where else can people find you on the internet tweet at me at justin wise i'm the only verified justin wise there is so there's my homeboy in australia who's justin wise he is a chef <laughs> he not he's not a marketer yeah huh he's not a marketer he makes food right? <laughs> he's not a marketer <laughs> so if you're yeah. in if you find the chef you're in the wrong place Instagram's holding out on me. It's the only place I, they're, they're the trifecta and it's the only one that's holding out on me. They're not verified. They haven't verified me yet. And I've tried like a hundred different times. So if anyone from Instagram's listening, please hit up your boy, help me get verified. (laughs) And final thing before we go here, who is your persona? Like who do you best help with think digital or, or could you describe the best client or customer for you? Yeah, we help visionary leaders with their marketing structure. Um, that's about as simple as I can put it. That is awesome. Justin, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing with us today. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I hope you enjoyed the show. This show was brought to you by Lifter LMS, the number one tool for creating, selling, and protecting engaging online courses to help you get more revenue, freedom, and impact in your life. Head on over to lifterlms.com and get the best gear for your course creator journey. Let's build the most engaging results getting courses on the internet.